This is Wide Open with Chris Baran. All right, here we go. And cue the music. I feel like we should be walking in waving to a crowd right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is a great way to start podcast number 24. 24, everybody. What's up? Wide open to Chris Berant. Bob Asilich to my left. Kyle Pulsiver. The elusive Kyle Pulsiver to my right. Well, guys, we uh, we just got done. We wrapped up a week. Uh, Bubba, unfortunately, you couldn't join us. Um, but... We wrapped up a week basically getting ready for guide season here at BBA. And that consisted of uh, level one training, uh, AVI training down at Matt Ence's place. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. For three days. I don't think I can sit on this the whole time I'm, I'm here. <clears throat> oh, yeah, that was my first uh, dollar of the season. Right here, everyone. <laughs> Last week. Tuning in on YouTube, you'll see this crisp $1 that I am up. What? And- no, well, I earned the first dollar of the season. You you did, and then you came back. Then you came back. Hey, <laughs> we're getting a little off topic already. Sorry, but sorry. <laughs> should we make, should we switch the topic? But I liked like we're we're fifty fifty right now. We're like you won one, I won one. That's the way it should be. It shouldn't be twenty two to zero. It's no fun that way. Ah, so win, winning is winning. So here's here's what I will say, Kyle. You. <laughs> You were a little more lenient on the line choices, which was good, and you didn't put 24 steps in there. I like that. I, I can't count to 24. Yep. Okay. Anyway, sorry. We'll get back to dollar bets in a bit. But <clears throat> So getting ready for the season, level one AVI training, which was awesome, three days with the climb backcountry team down at Matt Ence's place. Dan Adams was there. And, um, man, it was, it was cool to see the guys, cool to um, use and practice our equipment. And, um, and then we followed it up, uh, with Saturday. So day four in a row with, um, our, uh, preseason CPR and first aid training. So, um, obviously as guides, we want to be the most prepared as possible on the mountain for whatever arises. And so, you know, Bubba, you've been out living in the outdoors all your life. Um, and you know, you can, you can see, um, from, from our standpoint, right? Like you probably wonder like, what, I mean, what are these guys doing out there with these guys? And, you know, yeah. thinking about you're behind the camera and when you're behind the camera, that means most of the time stupid things are going to happen. <laughs> um, we've actually discussed that on a couple of podcasts when we had Phil, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all the gnarly stuff that happens, but you know, so really what it boils down to is, is, preparing for the worst and hoping for the best. And, and, you know, that's, that's what all of the, the training and practice and experience, that's what, uh, that's what we rely on as we, as we go into another season, um, here at BBA. And so one of the, so what we wanted to talk about today. So, I mean, obviously there's, there's lots to talk about when we talk about preparing for the season. We talk about preparing your sled for the season, preparing um, your physical fitness for the season. Um, we've touched base on, um, you know, from a knowledge standpoint, 
Backcountry yeah. essentials. Back, yeah, backcountry is yeah, exactly. We did a whole podcast on, on that getting getting you and your sled ready. Um, and so, this one we're going to talk about, and, and it's going to have a little fun spin to it. Um, <laughs> we in in our previous podcast we had the ambitious goal of talking about two things, two. Th- <laughs> I think it was three. Well, yeah, it might have been three. We only got to one, um, and we ended up talking about uh, injuries and you know what ha- what the worst things that, that has happened to us on the snow. And so, one of the other topics we wanted to discuss was um, carnage on the hill, and you know what what has been some of the crazy stories that have happened while out on the mountain. And so, where that brought me back to was how bad those situations really could have been if we weren't prepared. And so um, we'll just, we'll just dive into it. Um, You know, Kyle, this is year four for you guiding with us. And, you know, when it's a little different, isn't it? From going out to the mountains four or five times a year to riding six or seven days a week. Uh, It Uh, was like two or three times a year (laughs) at the most. So the chances of something happening, um, is greater for sure. And so, you know, throughout the years, we, we feel that we carry enough tools and extra parts and the know-how to get us out of, a sticky situation. And so I'm, I'm hoping some of these stories that we share with you today will help you to be prepared for, um, for your next adventure, because that's, you know, for me, we, we always end up needing something always. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're snowmobiles and we, heck you work on them a lot in the shop and, you need to be ready to work on them out in the field too. And, and especially if, you know, either a mechanical failure or you hit something or someone has just an issue, you need to be ready. And so, um, so Kyle, let's, let's talk about what, you know, I mean, in these short four years, or maybe you have a story prior to coming here, but you know, what, what's one that sticks out in your mind of carnage on the hill? Ah, uh, what was it? Probably one of our first days guiding last season. <laughs> January, I would say. Early January, low snow. Uh, we had a tired group of clients, and I was in the back, nodding my head. Uh, <laughs> nodding my head. You knew what I was looking for. I was looking for one more. I hate the no, I love the one more, but I hate the one more, especially when Kyle's like, hey, here's the deal, dude. I'm all about the one more, but where you nodded, like, hey, let's go up here. I'm like, dude, it's like 18 inches of snow up there. <laughs> oh, yeah, but let's go. It, yeah, the the snow was, wasn't right for it, and it, it normally it doesn't take much talking you into it. But this time, it, I mean, I had to be pretty, pretty consistent. I had to be. I, I mean, had scratchers down, big gloves on, face mask on. I'm going home, Kyle. And then what did I throw in there? You probably couldn't make it anyway. <laughs> Gets Thinking, me every, that was enough. That's all it me took. every time. <laughs> that was all it took. Got that soft spot, you know. <laughs> anyway, we get all our troops riled together, and we get them headed back home. 
and there's this sweet little steep spot. It's a sharp right-hand turn off our trail on the way home, and it's probably to the top 2,000 feet, 1,500 feet. It's a long way. It's probably 1,500 feet. And and what's what's cool, the, the cool line is if you get to the top because it's – for sure, you don't want to come back down what you just climbed because <laughs> you're climbing up a slope that t- actually doesn't have a ton of snow on it. But when you get to the top and drop off the other side, the other side is like glorious and magical yep. and, and you can come out another way. And so every time I get suckered into going up this stupid, <laughs> loggy, bony, rocky hill, <laughs> it's all because I'm thinking about what's on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. So we get we get to that spot. And I didn't think I'd talked you into it yet, but I, f- I saw the whole group. I was in the back. The whole group was slowing down. I'm like, oh, here we go. He's going to do it. And we get Ryan ends up taking the rest of the group down. And we're like, ah, oh, we'll catch up. We're going to run up this and come back down quick. We'll, Which we'll Ryan ca- is still mad at us <laughs> for this night. We'll, we'll catch up. And so Ryan leaves with the group, does his, doing his job. It's light out <laughs> at this point. It's light out, yep. <laughs> So we take off up this line, and it's not very good. No. Uh, me, you, and Ross. Yeah. Um, we make it. I actually posted a GoPro from this the other day when what? Ross was stuck, you were stuck, and. Oh, this was. That oh, this, was the no, that was before. That was two years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, the fr- yeah, this one, we actually made it through that that cleanly. Yeah. This time. Yep. yep. And we probably made it three quarters of the way up the hill. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, it was really thin. I remember pulling up on you, and you weren't very impressed. Oh, I was, I was just... Washed out on a log. Yeah, I was bitter because I'm like, <laughs> I, I knew this would happen. I know where I'm going. It wasn't going to be, like, magically better than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, you were right. You were right. I, I mean... I, <laughs> That's like it was meant to be. You didn't even touch it. I didn't even touch it. Oh. I, I mean, yeah, you were definitely right. And okay, so I'm a little, little steamy. I'm on a brand new, like oh, a customer sled. Yeah, we're on. Yeah, oh, I'm on a customer sled. Testing. That, I forgot about that. Final tune on a te- customer sled. Oh, was this Mark's? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Your sled rips, by the way. <laughs> you got fresh bogey wheels out of the deal. <laughs> anyway, I pull up. Your track. You're like my track's ratcheting. And okay, we, now we, hold on, we, hold on. You're fast forwarding a ton. Here. Okay. So we get about halfway up this thing. I'm on this shelf, just bitter. I can't hear any of the other guys because they're freaking in Logville. And I'm like, well, I'm halfway up. I might as well just keep going. And so, like, you know, we're going back and forth. Sunset. We had that's yeah. probably sunset. Exactly. We're at like sunset. It's, it's up. sunset, right? And so, but well, we're pretty committed now. Yeah. So we're in this, we're like log, I mean, the definition of log <laughs> hopping and spinning out and. I mean, how many paddles did you lose that night? Mm. It's hard the, to put woods, a number on The it. woods will be the only one to ever know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, and okay, now it's getting dark, but I'm like, all right, whatever. Let's let's get over to the good snow and we'll go out. Proceed. Um, yeah, I came pulling up. You didn't even, there wasn't even, there wasn't even any radio talk. No. And I come pulling up and I was, I was, Get a golf. I was going for the high mark. I know. know. And what'd you do? Spin out on a rock or a log or something? <laughs> well, I, you know what? I actually probably got the high mark. Oh, I went around no. you, and I was like, ah, you know what? <laughs> he didn't really look that stuck there. He was pro- something must be wrong. So I turned around. I think I got stuck. Then I turned around, <laughs> and um, your bogey wheels were sideways. Had no track tension. 
And now it's dark. And now it's dark. And Roscoe's not there yet. So we radio down to Roscoe. <laughs> we're like, we got some issues. We got to fix some stuff. Um, we're going to work our way down. He continued to work his way up to us. And, yeah, what, what was next? So I'm, pe- I'm peeking into the skid frame. because So all of a sudden I come around this corner, and I'm about to go to the top. Mm-hmm. It's win, right there. Win, yeah, we're right there. I'm about to win the war. <laughs> and I the battle. Yeah. <laughs> I turn up, and it's ratcheting like no other. Like, and I'm like, oh, no. I, You know, I figured I, I just sucked in a rock or something stupid. I look down, and my bogey wheel is completely off the bearing. It, so I came around the corner, and something was sticking out of the snow, like a little stump or something, and it knocked the – it came in, and it knocked the bogey wheel off of the bearing. The rear. Yep. Yep. And so I'm just like, oh, you got to be kidding. And, you know, it's a plastic wheel, and the bearing is still on the shaft. The clip is still dangling there. And I'm like, what in the world are we – how are we going to get this out? So I'm already thinking, like, you know, send Kyle back to the truck, grab a axle or a rear axle with a bogey wheel, and bring it up. And I'm just like, I'm – not super happy at this point. No. <laughs> I'm cold. It's dark. We're late. We have clients sitting in the trailer. Ryan's sitting in the trailer yep. waiting. Dinner is ready down, yep. and we're like hours from getting back. Yeah. And Why I'm, do you say it like that? Yeah. 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 That's about right. <laughs> it was about right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know whose idea it was, but it's like I, we can fix this. So we um, get the axle out, get the wheels off. Get the bearings out, and we, I mean this. This wheel is twisted like a pretzel. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's it's so far from straight, and you know I'm like, well, maybe we can you know get a stick and bend it, and it is not bending. No. So then we come up with the decision. We got to make a fire. We got to reform. We got to recast this wheel. <laughs> so we we light up a fire. You see, this is all stuff that we had with. Light up a fire. Heat up, heat up the wheel real good, rolling it around like a hot dog, and <laughs> get the bearing pushed back into it. I mean, that – so you skip all the good parts. <laughs> all right. So, for one, A, do you have tools? Bubba, this is where you run the type. Like, the tools required to pull a rear axle, right? Okay. Do you have the tools to pull a rear skid? Do you have the tools to pull bogey wheels, like, in this circumstance? Okay. The answer should be yes. Yes, I do. Okay, awesome. You got your tool, your your part you need to fix. Do you can you start a fire to survive if you have to stay the night? That answer way better be yes. Do you have a saw to cut a lot of wood? Y- yes. Do you have another saw in case you cut break the saw that was used being used to start your fire? Should be yes, right? Okay, yep. you're getting the point. We get the fire started. This wheel is twisted like a pretzel. We start heating it up. It starts getting more pliable, and then I like start moving it around and you know, put it on the shaft and spin it. And it's like, I think I got it straighter than factory. Then it was. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And so we get the bearing put back in. We get the clip back in. And it really was a moment that turned my frown upside down. <laughs> I mean, it went from a like, I am so bitter. that the, And like thinking about having to go down and this is a customer sled. We broke it and all this. And all of a sudden we fix this part and make it look brand new. Yeah. And I'm like. Well, I guess I can go to the top now. <laughs> Over a fire in the woods. Over yeah, a fire yeah. in the woods. We it, yeah. it was pretty yeah pretty cool uh, in the end. Um, 
So then we end up going back down. And that, I had no, well, I mean, I knew I needed to go down, but I didn't know that terrain very well. And how far we were up. And the, you lose track. Yeah. And the, in the dark, it's pretty easy to not know which way is up to right or upside down. Yep. Um, I remember me and Ross going down. We just kept shutting our sled. We were you couldn't take the same path because there wasn't enough snow. Yeah, me and Ross were yelling fast. at each other. We're like, "Does it look better over there? No, <laughs> it doesn't look very good over here though either." And I left you guys. Yeah, I'm out. At the bottom. I don't think you teleported. <laughs> but so, yeah, we had a came down to having all the right gear, headlamp, tools, stuff to start a fire, common sense. Yeah. Will yeah, the, it's the will to survive. Uh, it's making a it's making a plan, <laughs> yeah. and and really, it's you know we didn't plan on you know pulling a rear axle and starting a fire and fixing a snowmobile, but again, we had the right we had the right equipment to to turn a pretty ugly situation, to be honest, into a situation where we laugh about it and joke <laughs> about it today. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so that that's that's meanwhile, that, this is. Okay, so from when, hey, Ryan, take the guys back to the trailer to us opening the door of the trailer, how long was it? It was a couple hours, probably, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, and Ryan wasn't very He impressed. wasn't happy. And, you know, we have all this uh, these other cool tools like in-reach satellite devices. We should have texted that him. We could have just easily said, hey, bro, <laughs> Kyle's an idiot, and we're going to be a little bit. <laughs> But we didn't, and uh, so, lesson learned. We would have texted him and said, hey, send the clients down the hill. We're going to be a bit, and if you want, you can go down with them because yeah. we're okay. Yeah, I should have done that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so that that's – So that, that, was, that was one story um, that I was thinking about. Um, you know, one another, – another story that came to my mind when, when I saw we were going to be – talking about this topic was and this is something that a lot of us can relate to and that's uh that's an a-arm uh right i mean an a-arm is just it's bound to happen especially early season like it is now or even late season i mean whether you know you smoke a rock or hit a tree or whatever a-arms just happen and um you know this was actually a really big lesson for andrew who's one of our lead guys here um we were actually on a search and rescue and um on the way in to help the victim uh andrew ended up smoking a rock in this in this riverbed and so he was coming to meet me i was coming out uh with uh with the person that we ended up being able to get out of there uh, i've got him and andrew's trying to get me he smokes this rock and so now you know it went from a situation that kind of sucked like it really sucked right with mm-hmm. trying to get this kid out and everything and 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 so uh, now i've got now i got another guy it's dark mm-hmm. busted mm-hmm. sled in the water a arm broken and i'm like okay well I'll get the kid out. You get you start get your tools out. Get that a arm out or get that a arm off, and I will. I'll run back to the truck and get an a arm. And he, you know, I could tell he's looking at me like, I don't, I don't know if I have enough tools to get get an a arm off. And and this is before Andrew was working for me. Um, and so, you know, it was just one of those things where he will never forget that moment, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't. And and this is what we always talk about. You know, we've we've put quite a bit of time into, you know, we sell 
uh, toolkits with all the right tools in there already. So you don't have to do the work and then, you know, but then people bitch that it's 300 and some bucks. Well, mm-hmm. whatever, go, go get your own tools then. But it, tools are expensive, especially when you re- get the good ones and, and it takes a lot of tools, but it, and actually let me rephrase that. It doesn't take a lot of tools. It just takes the right tools. And, and I think, you know, that's the biggest thing that, that I ask all of you to do is, when you're, you know, we all love working in the shop, like, you know, we're constantly working in the shop and, and you, it's easy to forget about those conveniences of, you know, an impact and extensions and, um, adapters and sockets and wobbles and wrenches and all that stuff. It's really easy to forget about those conveniences when your toolbox is right there. You don't have your toolbox out in the backcountry, but, you know, think about what, I mean, what have, we've all been riding for a long time, or those of you who haven't, you know, think about those, those little moments, what happens, right? You get, you got a rock stuck up in the tunnel, and so you need to get the skid out. You, you have an A-arm, you get, you get, lose a ski rubber, you, you know, push your bars forward because the dealer didn't tighten them. I mean, there's all of these little things that, yeah, it kind of sucks when you're out on the hill to have to deal with it, but you can at least fix it and it doesn't ruin your day. And so, you know, those are the things that I want you guys to be thinking about when you're wrenching in your sled uh, in the shop. You know, think about, dude, could I do this out in the field? Is that mm-hmm. is that something that I could do? And so, um, you know, we have, man, I think we could fix about anything. Um, brings me to another story. Um, I've told a portion of this, um, in a podcast that we had with, uh, Phil Weibar. This was in Chile. And I think you have, you have a, another gnarly Chile. How do we have, we're halfway across the world and we have all these crazy stories of, you know, (laughs) fixing sleds and, and trying to get out at night and all that. I mean, that's a little sketch, but, um, uh, so first, this is, this is no joke. First year, first day riding in Chile, like ever. Um, it's me, Saiyan, Bertstold, and Phil Weibar. Um, and we're going to go check out the zones. We are like so excited. We're riding in summer. No one else is there. Clients aren't there yet. It's just us. We're going to go get the lay of the land. You know, just like... I mean, typical freaking punk kids. We just, we roll into this freaking shoot and we look down. We, oh man, this looks sick. And we bomb off it. We're like, you know, jumping off of stuff that we can't. I'm like, man, I don't know if we can get back out of here. And, you know, waterfalls and all this stuff. And, you know, we get to the very bottom and we break a freaking drive shaft bolt. This was in 14. The drive shaft bolts on the Polaris, they were um they were a smaller bolt and they had a tendency of breaking. Well, when your when your bottom bottom sprocket drive shaft bolt breaks, your gear can fall off. And so it's we're we're in the middle of absolutely nowhere, 6500 miles away from home. <laughs> <laughs> Just and we're sitting there like, well, now what? And, and so, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, I, uh, we look at each other and like, okay, we're, 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 we got to go back up this. And so, you know, I leave Ross or geez, uh, I leave saying and Ryan there and tell them guys, you know, you need to, you need to pull, pull the skid, pull the drive shaft, pull the belt drive, and we'll run back and go get 
a new drive shaft. And, you know, it's just, it's again, it's one of those things that when stuff happens enough, you're, you're, pre- you're prepared for it. And so nonchalantly, I'm like, Hey, pull the skid, pull the thing. We'll get her, go get her drive shaft. And here we go. Freaking back up waterfallville and everything. And, and, you know, end up, end up getting, turning a bad situation into a, just another like lesson, story. A, a story, a lesson and something that, um, you know, we laugh about now and just like, Hey, we were ready and prepared for it. What, yeah. What's your chili story? Um, I've got a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we were, we, me and Ross last year took out a group of clients and it was a pretty good day. Just, well, it, was, it wasn't a pretty good day. It was a really good day. Um, on our way back, there's another group of, there's two guides down there that take out skiers on snowmobiles, uh, Chris Coulter and Skylar Holgate. Um, and we could hear some radio talk that they were dealing with a broke down sled so we we radioed them back asking if they needed help and they said yeah for sure we'll take the help so we got a couple of, we got everybody back to the main road and we're like whoever wants to go home they knew right where to go it was only a couple miles down the road um we me and ross were gonna go help and it's funny the the group of clients that we had we actually had within it we had the owner of climb the ceo justin summers and his his kids and his dad actually and of all people that jumped in to help it was them it was them yep, yep. jumped right in seems so, about right <laughs> yep we go cruising down we we knew right where they were at they had taken the road and they were skiing down off the road down to like a ravine and then taking snowmobiles hauling the skiers back up as a storm day so he and ross kind of we could see where they had a pretty good single track beat down into there and it wasn't that bad it's just it was couldn't get the snow to pack in nice, and it was right at that angle that was a little bit. I mean, to ride one sled out, it wasn't the type of angle where you could even just kind of coast up it. So it wasn't like you could pull them out like you were on a trail. And we get down there, you could see the mess that they had had and the trenches they had. And we ended up taking. I took one big sweeping run in Ross was actually on the sled behind me trying to keep it upright Mm -hmm. and then he'd jump off it when I got to the first head wall and it wasn't working the sled kept tipping over into the trench and and so we ended up basically just human dragging the thing up that first head wall and then we tried again with a with one sled pulling it and everybody I mean we got like eight guys down there pushing on it all the way to the next head wall and get stuck again so then we decide well, let's hook up two snowmobiles. So there wasn't enough. It was tree riding. There wasn't enough room to hook two snowmobiles up side by side. And if you hooked them up in front of each other, you ended up with such a deep rut that the, the third snowmobile kept tipping into it. Mm-hmm. So what we ended up doing is we put Ross's sled in. He was on the left-hand side. I was probably behind him. My ski was probably about a foot behind his skis. And I basically had my foot on his running board <laughs> and his foot was against like my side panel and we rallied this. We're like kind of trying to communicate and we're just both pinned and we rallied that snowmobile all the way back out of there and up onto the road. And it was probably one of my sickest tree lines. It was, it was pretty, <laughs> pretty fun, but yeah. And that was the same thing. It just took a lot of guys, um, I mean, we used every toe strap by the time we had me and Ross's sleds tied together in harness like staggered we had just about all of our stuff out and 
that's what it took. Well, it's <laughs> we had some really happy, happy people that we came and helped. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, that that sled was staying in there forever. <laughs> yeah, that or it was getting drug inch by inch by hand. That uh, was it. Well, Kyle, I, while you were telling that story, I was I was thinking about you know maybe maybe what would be helpful for all the listeners is to talk about. Um, you know, we talk about having the right stuff. Um, let's let's talk about some scenarios where that we've run into where if we didn't have the right tools or strap or saw or whatever, um, that we we would have been pretty screwed. And so the first one that comes to mind for me is on the dark side at Rabbit Ears. Um, I've I've told you this story many times. Of um, you see that tree down there? Yeah, that one right down there. So my that that tree's about you know four foot around. You're not cutting it down. I've ended up upside down, freaking one ski. Like so, I didn't make the shoot. I wanted to make the shoot so bad, and I didn't make it. And I turned left, and I told myself at the bottom, "Don't turn left." <laughs> and I turned left. I told you, you know I, I, exactly I know right where, where it's at. I, yes. And I told you not to turn left. <laughs> I turned right, and it wasn't any bad. Well. It was really bad, but it wasn't as bad as left. <laughs> okay, so I turned left uh, without my better judgment, and I—I I mean, it was—it's so steep. You can go in a fr- counter steer, shove spindle; it doesn't matter. You're heading into freaking trash, yeah. and so I ended up get, getting um, wedged with my right ski on the wrong side of the tree. I fly over the handlebars, tunnel up in the air. I mean, <laughs> I am just so screwed. And it's so steep. And there's a there's another tree to the left. So you can't drag it around. To go down. Yeah, to go down. You can't roll it. You can't pull it back up because it's, it's so steep. And so um, I've had to employ this. We Both you and I have. We've talked about it. Um, you need to have the right tools to pull a ski. Yep. On a on a Polaris, you need a 15 millimeter and a 16 millimeter. Yep. Um, a crescent wrench will work in a pinch, but you know you should have that 15 and 16 to get a ski off. And and also you need to ha- be able to get a ski off if you, for you know for you guys running the stock ski rubbers or or even a Dura Pro. I mean you can wreck a Dura Pro if it's if it's a violent enough event. Mm-hmm. But you know to ride without a um, a ski rubber for the rest of the day really sucks. And you know if you wedge one or hit a tree or end up in a creek and that ski tip stands all the way up you're most likely gonna to to damage that component so you need to be able to have a ski uh to, to be able to get a ski off kyle what's what's you know another scenario that you ran into that you know if you didn't have that you you would have been hosed as far as ski tools um not ski tools just like a, a tool or a strap or a bolt or a nut or um, actually, uh, Axel, a guy on a, a personal sled, I don't even remember when or where this was, he actually lost a tensioner bolt. A track tensioner? Track tensioner bolt, okay. yeah, and of course, the sled doesn't move yeah, without it, the you, ratcheting, and yep. it's crooked, and it's not even, you can't even pull it. So I was, I didn't have the right bolt, but I carry a, a bag of bolts, and I was able to put a smaller bolt through the hole and put a nut on the back side of the tensioner oh, block. yep. And, and then use that. It was loose and not right, but it held tension on the axle enough to ride the sled out. Nice. Um, I like that one. I need to add that to the baggie of bolts. Yeah. It's common, too, because a lot of people tension their track. They're busy. Whatever happens, they forget to tighten that nut down. In this little baggie, what do you have? Oh, I have exhaust springs. I have tunnel bag clamps. 
I have nuts, washers, bolts. Most of like most of them are like nuts that I can look at and be like, ah, just your standard A arm, your thirteen millimeter nut. Um, I've got bolt, quick drive bolt. I've got a secondary clutch bolt. I've got a random. I think I have two handlebar bolts in there. Random handlebar bolts. I actually have a one of the throttle lever because. Um, with no heat, it's one that I wrecked the heater on, and I yep. put a new one on, so I just kept that one and keep, get you out if you broke a throttle lever off. Were you there the year in Chile? We had three broken throttle. I think no. it, uh, Chase was down there with me. We oh. had three broken throttle levers. I've never broken a throttle <laughs> lever. So you know, in Chile again, I don't just run down to the Polaris dealer because there is not one. <laughs> and so you know, we broke one, and I'm like, whoa, that was weird. And so I robbed one off of a sled. And then, sure sure enough, we break another one. And so now I'm, like, calling back home, trying to get some throttle levers to clients to bring down on the next trip. Mm-hmm. Um, a broken throttle lever puts you in a very, very bad position. Yeah, I, I believe it. Um, brake lever, I carry an extra brake lever. Mm-hmm. We watched Dan Adams break one in the dark side ones. You, if anybody's been to the dark side, you you break it's nearly something. impossible well, that you break something and it's nearly impossible to ride out of there without a brake yeah or in a, most places or a headlight i have a funny story about that one <laughs> or a headlight um i carry a lot of just i carry a lot of stuff that's been in there for a long time yeah but you only yeah. need to use it once but i'm i'll need it one day yeah um remember spring creek Bro, blown belt oh remember that we yep. were able to get that sled out yeah let's let's talk about that one so okay insane deep day oh, it was like sick. it dude how many times did we go up and down that hill where all the clients were stuck and they were just so tired and you and i just kept i mean we had to do 20 laps up that snorkeling thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd go up and then come down and you just like are giggling because you couldn't even <laughs> hear your snowmobile it was so deep it was just one of those days yeah and we had a client who was also enjoying one of those days but blew but didn't listen to the signs of that belt that belt's always talking to you yeah when you hear that let off because it's, it's about go. to get ugly blows a belt bigger than crap and on a Polaris there's a couple bad things that can happen when you blow a belt really bad um bad thing number one you can get the cords wrapped around behind the primary clutch and it can end up taking out your crank seal okay so that's that's number one so if you blow a belt really bad make sure there's no core uh belt cord wrapped around the the clutch if it is um I've do I've literally it's taken me up over an hour to get one out before get all this scrap. Yeah, out but I mean, if you don't, it's going to wreck the seal, and you're going to have to pull your motor and pull the crank. and pull the crankshaft to put a freaking twenty dollar seal in it. Okay, so there's number one. Number two, and this is what happened on in this case is the 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 oil line to the PTO bearing is fairly exposed it's behind the primary clutch and in between you know in between the primary clutch and the secondary clutch and so this dude blows a belt bigger than crap and it rips not only the line mm-hmm. but it breaks the fitting the fitting yeah that went into the crank or into the case yep and so we're just like it went from oh my gosh this is like the best day ever to oh my gosh we are what do we 40 do? 
it, miles? It's, it's 42 miles. 42 we're 42 mi- miles from the truck. <laughs> like 42 miles. Yeah. And so, and we have this oil line that's just dangling from, uh, that provides oil to the PTO berry. Yeah. This and, is where it gets we, good. And we've got, we've got two more pow days. We're we staying have, at yeah. a remote cabin. We're staying at uh, my buddy's cabin way back in the woods. And we have two more days, and we don't, oh man, dude, 42 miles. I don't want to go all the way back and get this dude a spare sled. No. Well, and we'd have to tow it out or yeah. have to come up we with a part. We have to do something, right? <laughs> we, and we don't have a clutch puller to get back there behind it, nothing. Yeah. So, turns out, <sighs> we um, find a saw, and we put, put, a, put our minds together, and we come up with a, the rivet, a rivet collar, like a 3 rivet. Has the same outer diameter as that, um, what would you call it? Fitting. Fitting. That fitting that presses into, into the case, into the case. <laughs> and lubricates your PTO bearing. Yep. So we take that rivet collar and we put a burr around the top with a little file, I think, yep. out of <laughs> Leatherman or something. And we're able to put push that down into the case and put the, the oil line back on top of it and roll it for the next two days. Two days. Yep. <laughs> the it's rivet. probably still in there. It probably is. And you want to know what's in my tunnel bag now? A rivet. No. What? I have one of them. One fittings. of those fittings? I have one of them fittings in my... Because you can pull it in and out with a little crescent... Re- yeah. Uh, you can pry it out with a screwdriver, but... I was looking for one of those fittings the other day. You were? Yeah. <laughs> Should have looked in your tunnel bag. Everything's in Kyle's tunnel it's bag. It's actually the one with the rivet on it still. <laughs> it is? Yeah, because the rivet fit right in there. It's actually that one. Wow. Um, okay, so... I don't know if you need if you guys need to carry that in your tunnel bag, but maybe <laughs> that's okay. a little extreme. Um, uh, so uh, an, another one that I've had um, that this one this one definitely happens in low snow areas, and and so you know for your, you East Coast guys who are mobbing around on two and three feet of snow and in the crap like what we're riding now, and you know it's really easy to get sucked into the tunnel, the rocks, or or if you get into water, your tunnel uh, bag. Yeah, yeah. You there. had a tunnel bag in the yeah. water. No, in the track. Oh, oh, yeah. It's the same difference. Yeah, yeah. yep. Um, and so you know, you need to be able to to get your rear skid bolts out. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a it's a seventeen millimeter socket, but you need to have, make sure you have a good ratchet because those are on pretty tight. Um, and you know, you you don't want to wreck that that heat exchanger or the tunnel or you're, or you're screwed. Um, and so that 17 covers you for, for a couple things. Um, you know, get being able to get the skid out A 15 millimeter gets your, your quick drive off in case you need to get, um, a, uh, a drive shaft out. But speaking of the drive shaft, I had one where I didn't have a T40, so again, I know for all you guys who aren't Polaris guys, you're gonna have to just go through your own tool list yep. and and figure out what you need to to do these things. But on the Polaris thing, we got you dialed. So um, I needed a T40 socket with a with a Torx in it to be able to get those collar bolts off of on the, the off the, the drive Clutch shaft. Side, yep. And actually, I didn't have it that day, and so I ended up I I have a Torx key, so it has all of the um, torques um like an allen set yeah an allen set yep and i was so nervous of stripping one of those with a (laughs) you know with without having the right tool so i was able to get it but you better believe that night i i added one of uh, one of those yep 
And I remember a grizzly last year. It was probably <laughs> 1 o'clock. We went to dump down into a hole. Literally fully committed, get down into the hole. Broke a drive shaft. Drive shaft's broken on a Dude, guy's sled. How many the heck drive shafts have we broke at Grizzly? I know. And I end up, I do the same thing. I tell the guy, I, I get him going, I get a skid out, and I'm like, get this drive shaft out. Um, I've got to run back to the lodge and pull a pull another drive shaft. So I bust out of there. And you're 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 man in the ship. You've got six <laughs> guys you're guiding and I'm dealing with one guy with a broken sled. So I run back to the lodge, pull one out, I want to add him sleds. Yep. Thank thanks to him, <laughs> pull one out on another one of his sleds and run it all the way back into him. And I think we had him probably from the time he hit his kill switch to the time he restarted, probably an hour and a half. It he was wasn't very long. <laughs> I think he didn't even he didn't even have time to get a fire started. <laughs> no, no, there was no fire. He was When I got back, he was still, because, I mean, I got to go back and use impacts and stuff. He was Eat lunch, yeah, warm cookie. <laughs> he was still working on getting his drive shaft out, but we got it out, got the new one in and finished the ride out and got home that night. Yeah. Well, this podcast started with telling you guys some of our carnage stories. Um, but you know, it's kind of, kind of morphed into being able to just, just be prepared, you know? Um, and so we're, we're talking from, from the aspect of there's a lot of, um, a lot, our, our backcountry essentials, right. And that, that was covering if carnage does happen, if carnage does happen, can you, can you fix it? You know, and how many times have we had to, um, cut, cut trees, use mule tape, safety wire to get an zip, air, zip ties, zip ties duct tape, electrical air tape. cord. If yeah. You're going to take the simplest things. Take a, what would you say? The like simplest, the, the absolute simplest. If someone's not going to take a toolkit, and you, I got to have a toolkit. You got to have a toolkit. Yeah. And, and, I I think it, it's just so. Why don't we do Bubba? Let's do. Let, we need to do a YouTube video. We'll follow it up with this. We'll get a link for everybody. Open up our tunnel bags. Let's open up our tunnel bags and and show them what we carry. Um, I think I think that we've done that before. We've done that in the past, but let's let's do it again. And it'd be cool to compare notes too. And some of the things that Kyle carries that I don't carry. Um, one thing that I don't want to ever do is have to rely on somebody else. And so I know I'm a little shy on the spare bolt and stuff like that. So I'm going to be stealing some notes from Kyle and then, you know, maybe Kyle will find some, a couple things that I'm carrying that I found to be useful in that, that one spot. So we're, we'll help you guys out with that. We'll do a YouTube video on that, but, um, I'm, I'm hoping this podcast helps you just know and understand the importance of, of taking things seriously because snowmobiling is really fun until it's not. And when it's not, it sucks. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of elements against us. There's, um, you know, weather and terrain and machines and the worst, here's the worst. And, and this is where I get a little grumpy with the guys who, who, you know, come all the way here. They bring their sleds. They've got all of their gear, their trucks, their trailers, the whole deal. And then we get out on the mountain and something something simple, goofy happens. And I'm like, we'll, fi- we'll, we'll fix it. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't have any tools. Split a throttle block. I split a throttle block. Yeah. Right? My tether quit working. And I, well, I don't, I can't really pull it. I don't have the tools. Dude, you're, why are why is your throttle so loose? Why is your brake lever up here? Why are your handlebars forward or back? Or why is why 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 right? All of these things. I talk about this until I'm blue in the face. 
the things that you can control. Control them. Control them. <laughs> be the best you can be. Because those are the things that will that will make a bad situation be okay and manageable and and you you can you can move on. And so um I love talking about this stuff. As you guys can tell, you know, I'm 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 passionate about it. I get I I get upset if I if you don't have it because there's no excuse not to have it. You know, right? And and that's that's one of the things that I get mad at myself for is if I am a little complacent and I forget, right? Mm-hmm. I use a couple zip ties and then I don't put them back. And then the next time I go to use them, I have to ask Kyle, hey, dude, Kyle, you got any of those big zip ties? Not No, not the little one. I use those ones. I need the big one to hold whatever, mm-hmm. right? This A-arm together or something stupid. Yep. And so... Um, you don't want to learn the hard way. No, the hard way sucks. The hard way is like when... Work search and rescue gets called and you stay the night and it could have all been avoided if you just would have been prepared. So we're going to help you with that. So we'll do, we'll, uh, we'll knock out a YouTube video with uh, the contents of our, both our handlebar bags and our, our um, tunnel bags. I think that that'd be a great video and we'll help you guys get prepared. So hope you enjoyed uh, this episode. We're going to wrap this one up and, uh, well, uh, if you guys um, missed what we were referring to in the last one about uh, getting hurt and somehow still being here after <laughs> all of the the shenanigans, check it out. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on uh, YouTube. We're on Apple. Apple. Is that iTunes? That's iTunes. iTunes. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, we love you guys, and uh, please make sure you just keep sending us those uh, topics, ideas, questions. And uh, until next time, we'll do it again. See ya.